an A to Z of the Holy Land, from Arab to Zion, with Ed Kessler, founder director of the Wolf Institute. Episode 6, F for Fanaticism. The whole problem with the world is that fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves, and wiser people so full of doubts. Bertrand Russell. Although religious fanaticism is used indiscriminately to describe a wide variety of movements, one feature is shared by all. God is on their side, and it's their efforts that help ensure God's work is done. Religious fanatics want to do the will of God whether God wants it or not, and some have acquired a reputation for fanaticism the old-fashioned way, by violent action. Fueled by moral outrage at the violations of God's laws, often reinforced by ethnic or national grievance. For Jewish fanatics in the Holy Land, the 1967 Six-Day War reawoke a messianic fervor. Many saw the war as a miracle and not a few as a step forward towards redemption. The very heart of ancient Israel, the whole of Jerusalem as well as Judea and Samaria, were once again in Jewish hands, and to even consider returning any land to the Palestinians would be to defy God. They clashed with mainstream religious Zionists, even with many religious fundamentalists who also believed that God had given all the land to the Jewish people, but felt that making peace took priority. For the fanatical religious settler, however, settling the land and preventing the government withdrawing from it takes priority over everything else. Jewish fanatics are no different from other land-centered religious fanatics. The argument is simple. God gave us this land, it is holy land, it is ours, and only ours. The concept of compromise is alien. Accordingly, the land of Israel, every grain of its soil, is holy. No individual can escape its holiness, nor has the right to give up a square inch for either peace or security. In this setting, religious fanaticism is closely associated with nationalism and military victory, and other forms of political success are signs of God's favor. Conversely, failure and defeat are signs of divine wrath. Similarly, Islamic fanaticism carries with it political, nationalist, and often anti-imperialist dimensions, especially resentment about Western colonialism. When Muslims obeyed God's commandments, religious fanatics argue, they created great empires and civilizations, When they ceased to obey divine law, they became weak and were subjugated, demonstrated by the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948. Whilst by the mid-1950s, most predominantly Muslim countries were independent, the Islamic world remained relatively weak, and the Jewish state was a manifestation of this weakness. Meanwhile, the religious fanatics supported by not a few Muslim fundamentalists, explained that if Muslims once again obeyed the laws of God, they would be strong and capable of defeating not only Israel, but the Western powers. Whilst Muslim fanatics reject modern notions of pluralism and tolerance, this does not in itself explain the appeal of religious fanaticism, which is derived in large part from the perception that figures such as Osama bin Laden and Ayatollah Khomeini defy the West. For their part, Christian fanatics, generally not living in the Holy Land, joined their Jewish partners in calling for the construction of a third temple in Jerusalem. 
in their case, believing that this, alongside the creation of the Jewish state in 1948, are prerequisites for the second coming of Jesus. Alongside mainstream Christian fundamentalists, they have considerable influence on U.S. policy, demonstrated by President Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel in 2018. <laughs> Ashre Sheyuches Veniphets et Ulalaich el Hasala. Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites, the day of Jerusalem's fall, how they said, Tear it down, tear it down, down to its foundations. O daughter Babylon, you devastator, happy shall they be who pay you back what you have done to us. Happy shall they be who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. Psalm 137, verses 7-9 to Idolaters, wherever you find them, arrest them, besiege them, and lie in ambush everywhere for them. Allah instructs the Prophet Muhammad, Quran, Surah 9, verse 5. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured his bowl on the earth, and a foul and painful sore came on those who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped this image. The second angel poured his bowl into the sea and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured his bowl into the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. Revelation 16, verse 1-3 to It is noticeable that in the last three decades, the governments of Israel, noticeably under Benjamin Netanyahu, have sought the political support of religious fanatics an alliance based on political expedience. Some make odd bedfellows, Christians supporting right-wing Israeli government policies, even though the same Christians seek Jewish converts, anti-Zionist religious Jews working with Islamist radicals seeking an end to Israel's existence. For their part, secular political leaders are easily tempted to exploit religious symbolism to pursue their aims. Theodore Herzl and the other early Zionists were resolutely secular, and most rabbis at the time remained deeply suspicious of a movement seeking to preempt the Messiah. This didn't stop the secular Jewish co-option of religious garb and Israeli political leaders today continue along this path. Similarly, Palestinian secular leaders resort to religious imagery and discourse, Islamic and to a lesser extent Christian, to appeal for wider support. Palestinian political leaders like Yasser Arafat sought a secular state. The religious argument was totally absent, but with the influence of the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, and especially after the Iranian Revolution in 1979, religious dimensions became more evident. The Islamic movement interpreted the conflict with Israel in religious terms. Thus, 
to defend the holiness of the land, Hamas is ready to fight the eschatological battle, and what used to be a territorial conflict has taken on a strong religious dimension. As Sheikh Yassin, founder of Hamas, put it, it is not enough to have a state in the West Bank and Gaza. The best solution is to let all Christians, Jews and Muslims live in Palestine, an Islamic state. The first major clashes between Jews and Muslims in the Holy Land were sparked both by the establishment of a new Jewish secular agricultural settlement and also by religious disputes over prayer rites at the Western Wall in Jerusalem. But the ascendancy from the 1970s onwards of the religious Jewish settler movement and the rise of Hamas and other overtly Islamist Palestinian movements from the late 1980s are signs of the weakening of secular forces in both societies and that the language of conflict was returning to its religious roots. A reluctance to take sufficiently seriously that the conflict in the Holy Land is partly a religious war is one reason why there's been no resolution despite intense diplomatic efforts. Awareness of the extent to which both Israeli and Palestinian leaders are exploiting religious feelings would be a step towards holding them accountable for their actions and the actions of religious fanatics within their own camps. Swifts returning to nest near the Western Wall 